We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the people of Missouri. We're for brewmasters, stockbrokers, beauty queens, and truck drivers. Whatever you do, if you're a Missourian, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered. Back here on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. I'm Pat Strothman. Producing is Jack Johnson. Right now, we go to the phones as we welcome in KTV Sports Director Sully Engel. Sully, glad to have you back on the show. Wichita State's falling short last night to Houston. We'll talk about KUK State here in just a little bit, but let's dive right into Wichita State. The Shockers in the first half competed quite well, only down by a couple at halftime. Second half, you're feeling pretty good, but once Craig Porter Jr. got that fourth foul, you had a feeling that that would be a turning point. And at the end of the day, it was a turning point as Houston was able to create some separation as the number one team in the nation finds a way to pull away down the stretch for the W. Your thoughts on the Shockers and the Cougs. It took place last night on the road down in H-Town. Yeah, what a I mean, wild and wacky game. First off, I mean, it's good to show, good to see Wichita show a little fight down the stretch. Even that Craig, you know, just battling through that against the number one team in the nation. Um, but like we talked about before, like the team is not giving up. They're they're doing everything they can to continue to try and win games. It's just not going as well as you'd hope for. But I mean, what kind of a strange game where you shoot sixty four percent from the floor, almost sixty five percent, sixty percent from three. But you turn it over 20 times and lose. You know, it, it, rarely do you see all those numbers kind of add up in a single game. Um, and Houston, I mean, they held their own. Even with the hot-shooting Wichita State team, they showed again why they are one of the best teams in the nation. So I'd say there are more positive takeaways from this one than there are negative. You clean up the turnovers, and you know, that's really the biggest thing you have to worry about. Hops of glass you could have been better on. But those are also the two keys of the game that they talked about going into it. Can't turn it over got to be good on the boards so they knew what they needed to do but it just shows how good Houston is every time they take the floor yeah no doubt and and you said it best right there it's what we said in hour number one here on the show I said look Isaac Brown said last game against Houston we had 12 turnovers if we have 12 we're going to be fine we're going to be competitive we're going to be right there at the very end what does Wichita State do last night 20 turnovers gee it's like they were over that that magical number of 12 there. And then, of course, you talk about the offensive rebounding. That was, I would argue, that was an anomaly in the first game. As much as I want to sit here and credit Wichita State for, for battling hard against Houston. But there, it doesn't happen very often when Houston gets out-rebounded, both on the defensive glass and the offensive glass. It doesn't happen. And Wichita State was able to do it in the first go-around. You just had a feeling that it wasn't going to happen in, in the second go-around in the regular season. At least to me, law of averages, man. Uh, at the end of the day, you got to look at it that way. Uh, as much as you want to sit here and have that hope for Wichita State to do what they did in game number one, I think we all knew that game number two would be very, very different. And at the end of the day, it was. It was different compared to the first one. Yeah, it was different. And, you know, you talked about those turnovers, that, that 12 number that IB had talked about. You know, they reached that with 12 minutes to go in the game. So it's like that, you know, it's just stuff like that where it, it's not like they don't know what they need to do to be successful at that. And you talk about those numbers fluctuating between matchups, you know, those types of things happen. And I, overall, I think the Shockers played well. And I think it's a nice, you know, if you can win this weekend, 
you probably feel pretty good going into the conference tournament. You know, you, you hung right there with the number one team in the nation. You got a nice senior day win. Carry that into Fort Worth. And, I mean, you never know what can happen. But you're going to need to beat probably Memphis and Houston, unless there's some other upset on the way to that pass. <laughs> You've got to be ready yeah. to just as well. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, they wrap up the regular season this Sunday. It's senior day. And they have a chance to finish the conference slate at 500. And you look at last season's team, I think some would argue there was more talent because of what they did the year before. They finished with fewer conference wins. And at the end of the day, this year's team has the same amount of wins as last year's team. And that's with 12 new faces. You have two guys back that that played minutes the year before and Craig Porter Jr. and Kenny Poto. They have a chance to, to get the 500 this Sunday against a USF squad. I do think that it is a, a very winnable game for this Wichita State team. So I, I kind of feel like the Shockers, when, when you take a look at them, as much as people want to have high expectations, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can have high expectations. To, to, to say that they have a chance to be 500 in the conference to wrap things up and be a, a five – or not five seed, but a six seed. I know they're projected to – to finish eighth, so maybe it's not that big of a deal, but they certainly had their moments this past year, and here they are now with an opportunity to get a win on Sunday. Yeah, and this is, it's like we talked about this last week, where just this team is, is probably not getting a fair shake because of the expectations for the program, and that's fine to have. You want to have a winning mentality. You want to have it be a part of a club that is expected to make the NCAA tournament to make runs in the NCAA tournament. But this team, it's just individual team, 22-23, is overperforming, I think, for, for the talent they have and for everything you mentioned there. Coming together, so many new guys, um, uh, just a, a weight kind of being on them, knowing that they had to perform this year. And they've played very well a lot of games. It's just been a couple little things. Obviously, finishing down the stretch has been the biggest thing. But as you mentioned, they have a chance to finish better than the team did last year. Um, team did last year also, if I'm not mistaken, lost in the opening round of the conference tournament. So if you pick up one win, you're better in that sense. A win on Sunday gives them a 16 to 14 record overall. Two games above 500, as you mentioned, 500 in conference, all better than last year. So, you know, there's things to play for, and, and there's things to build off of it, Swiss. Obviously, we don't know the future. We don't know what's going to happen in the offseason. We don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen with Isaac Brown. But this team has things that they can be proud of, and I think they don't get enough credit for that. Sully Angles, KTV Sports Director here on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM, transitioning to the other two teams in the Sunflower State, starting with the outright Big 12 champions in the Kansas Jayhawks. Sully, I didn't think I would say that this year. And it's not because they hit that lull, they lost three in a row, when that happened, I thought to myself, Kansas has at least a chance to get a share. To me, I thought that's going to be the ceiling. They'll, they'll get a share of the conference crown. And they'll share either with Texas, maybe Baylor, whoever. That, to me, was was my thinking. Then they beat Texas. They, they beat Baylor, although the first half they didn't look all that great. They find a way to tough it out, grind it out against TCU on the road. Last couple games have been all that pretty for Kansas. But at the end of the day, this Kansas team is 
leading by two games in the conference with one night of basketball to go. Just unreal. I think that's the only way to describe it. Just absolutely unreal considering what they lost last year. So your thoughts on Kansas and what the Jayhawks have been able to do here in 22-23, somehow, some way, getting the outright conference championship. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just funny, man. It, it's almost inevitable with Kansas. Uh, to go from where they were, you know, in the middle of that pack, five games to go, so many things could happen. Like you said, to win it outright, like going into this last game, it really had nothing to play for besides the seeding line of the NCAA tournament and trying to hop uh, whoever it may be to get to the number one overall seed, which is very important. But as far as the conference goes, there's no way that we thought this is how it was going to end up because of how tight the race was, the start from Iowa State, the start from Kansas State, Baylor picking it up down the stretch, Texas picking it up. But it's all about consistency, and, and that's what Kansas is. That's what Kansas does. Um, you know, they they don't have a rebuild. They just reload. Uh, you know, the face has changed, but the expectations are down. All the phrases you hear when you talk about that program just ringing true in a year like this when you, you know, lose 75% of your scoring from a championship team. You really got one guy coming back who, who played significant minutes in the championship run in Jalen Wilson. Uh, you got a transfer in McCuller. You got a freshman from Wichita and Grady Dick. They got KJ Adams taking a step up. You got Juan Harris becoming one of the best guards in the nation, despite what the stat sheet may see in certain games. Uh, it's incredible what Bill Self does. I mean, he's the best coach in the country for a reason, and this is just another chapter in a long book of, of a just a, a coaching expertise novel he's writing. Yeah, I mean, Hall of Fame for a reason. That's why Bill Self is in the Hall of Fame. He's done this uh, a time or two, so he's uh, been pretty yeah. pretty consistent to to say the least. Grady Dick goes over. Do you think that was his last game inside Howland Fieldhouse? Goes over in his final game in Lawrence. That's going to be a neat little yeah, trivia that, question that. later on down the line. And it's going to be a not-so-fun trivia question for the Dick family. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a very unique one, especially if he goes on to the NBA after this season and does quite well in the NBA, which we're all pulling for. Yeah, I mean, Grady has had his moments inside the field house in just this one year already. I mean, his first time out, balling out, the big dunk. Um, some of the shooting performances he's had, the one against Baylor just a couple of weeks ago or maybe a week ago now. Um, it is, yeah, I think that's what it kind of becomes. It's a, it's a fun trivia question for his last time in Allen Fieldhouse. I think more than likely it was his last time playing in Allen Fieldhouse, which, uh, I mean, awesome for him, man. Uh, you know, coming from Wichita straight to the league two years out, that's pretty special. Uh, if it all comes together for him and everything works out, he likes the way his name's going to be called on that draft board. Um, but what I will say, even though he didn't have a great last home game, McCuller and Wilson playing so well will always be the story you talk about when you talk about that specific day. You know, it was their day. They deserve that. You know, freshmen, one and done guys don't get a senior day in that sense. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but I think Grady is going to go crazy against Texas. Every time we've had these poor shooting performances, he's almost always followed it up with something unreal. So if I was a Longhorn, um, I'd be watching that deck very closely. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, too, because there's some people that want to say, all right, outright conference championship, this game tomorrow is going to mean nothing. But I don't think that's particularly true because this Kansas team still wants to be the number one overall seed. You're still playing for that. But also, they're still trying to be a number one seed in the Midwest region. 
Yeah, that's easily the biggest thing about it. Um, you think about the path they took last year from Fort Worth to Chicago and the Final Four in New Orleans. Fort Worth, I mean, what, from Kansas, from where we are, five-hour drive, from Lawrence, seven-hour drive, quick flight from Kansas City to Dallas, um, easy location to get to. Chicago, a hub for KU alumni. Bill Self knows that he loves it from his time in Illinois. You know, that was such a big part of that run. And so now you have another opportunity. If you can if really take over that Midwest seed, uh, you go to Ames, which is great. Then you're in Kansas City. I mean, you're playing home games for the first four. Uh, as close as you're going to get two when it comes to the NCAA tournament setting. So I think they obviously know that, but this is not a game against Texas on Saturday that you can come out flat four, you can have a championship hangover for. It's got to be like, you know, you're still playing for that conference title because this game is just as important. Cake TV Sports Director Sully Angles here on The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Switching to the Kansas State Wildcats. They dominate Oklahoma at Bramlage Coliseum. Senior night was a big night. Naquan Tomlin was the one that really stole the show, but Desi Sills had a heck of a game. Marquise Noel doing his thing with 10 assists and one turnover, and Keontae Johnson continues to be Keontae Johnson. So your thoughts on K-State getting a, a dub against Oklahoma, and this is a K-State team playing its best basketball down the stretch, and probably another thing to bring up with Jerome Tang, a guy who should be the national coach of the year this year. Yeah, I mean, Aquan Tomlin, how selfish to steal uh, all the thunder on senior night playing so well, 19 points like that. <laughs> but uh, I think they'll, they'll, they'll let that slide because he blossomed into hopefully what they see next year and an NBA prospect. I mean, that kind of size, that kind of length, shooting it. Uh, you can't teach that. So he, he's having something that K-State fans can be very excited about. And as you mentioned, playing the best ball down the stretch. If he's going to play like that, Desi Seals is going to be the ball of energy, running and gunning, making plays on both sides of the floor. Keontae Johnson going to step up and be one of the best players in college basketball again. And Marquise Noel going to take care of the basketball make 45-foot three-pointers and, and just dish out dimes. I mean, this is a team that absolutely no one wants to see in March. Um, and they're kind of playing for the same thing in KU. You know, they're even more solid because they're still trying to lock in the seating for the Big 12 tournament, which is not as big of a deal, but you'd like to be a nice seed and, and have better matchups going forward as high as you can go. And then they're really on the board of that 2-3. I think the last Lenardi bubble I looked at, Going into the week, they were like eight overall in the country, which, first off, amazing. As you mentioned, Jerome Tang going from being picked last in the conference to now being more than likely a two-season NCAA tournament. I mean, just coach of the year. Give it to him already. He's already got one yesterday. Uh, deserves them all. But they have a lot to play for, and I think they have a lot of interesting opportunities to kind of elevate themselves, put themselves on a better spot. You know, they won't have the benefit like KU of really knowing exactly which region they're going to go to. But there's also a decent chance that they end up playing in the Midwest either way, depending on where you get sent for location. So, um, super exciting game. I mean, just an absolute highlight reel of a game for senior night. That's the way you want to go out against Oklahoma. But more to come for them. They know they're not finished. They know that they have more chapters to write in this 2020-2023 story. Yeah, and you brought up where they would be in terms of the NCAA tournament. Right now, they would be a two-seed. And that's what Joe yeah. Lenardi said. Joe Lenardi said they would be a two seed if they if they handle their business to beat Oklahoma. They'd be a two, and 
It's like, what? They'd be a, a two seed in this year's tournament? I think they could be a, a very interesting team in the NCAA tournament, depending on how the bracket shapes up at the end of the day. C.J. Moore of The Athletic, he was on the show yesterday, and C.J. Moore, I think, hit the nail on the head. At the end of the day, K-State, nine times out of ten, no matter who they face, they're going to have probably two of the best players on the floor, and Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, no matter who they face. And they say that you got – Two of the best ones on the floor, you're going to give yourselves a shot no matter who you're facing in the big dance. thought that was pretty true. Yeah, 100%. And, and you add those two playing as well as they've played. And as we mentioned, the emergence down the stretch of more so Tomlin, I mean, a guy that is just a nightmare matchup for other teams. And then Desi Sills, I mean, he just does a little bit of everything. Experienced college basketball player. Then you mix in the rotation, Cam Carter, Ish Masood, um, they have all the pieces, they have all the ingredients you need to win a championship. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Consistency is what it's been for them this year. Um, you know, you look at games when Marquise Noel limits his turnovers, has, a, you know, plus six assists, and adds in a couple buckets, they're undefeated. Um, like, they know the recipe for success. They've done it. They've been successful all year. Now it's time to just put it into play as we enter March. Have you found a way to clone yourself because of what's going on this this weekend? You have you have Wichita States, so you have baseball already in action right now. Then you have baseball tomorrow at one. Then Sunday against Oakland, softball in action this weekend as as they have four games on on the schedule at Wilkins Stadium. Wichita State men's basketball at Coke at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Then you have uh, sub-state basketball wrapping up, some sub-state championships taking place at the high school level. Have you found a way to clone yourself yet, man? Because everything's going on at once this weekend for you. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, is when it comes to media, March is just such a bloodbath. Um, you know, the the – Sub-state championship and then state championship during, you know, the March Madness Conference Tournament and state tournament is, you know, less than ideal. I see a lot of the states do it early. I would like that for like Kansas if we can make that happen so we don't have this issue. But, yeah, cloning is not within Cake's budget, so I haven't had a chance <laughs> to do that. But uh, if I find it, if you know anyone, I would happily take a couple so we can make sure that we get all of this today. That's the hardest part. I mean, like, the Shockers are sometimes on ESPN+. Plus. But we also like to be there for the games. You know, there's nothing like they're being there in person. High school, there's so many high schools we cover in the area. So we try and get us to all the best games. Substate, the substate finals are so important to that leading into state. Um, so we're going to do everything we can, Tad. There's no promises out there, but we're going to do everything we can. Yeah, oh, come on. Just just reach out to David and tell David, hey, look, come on. And we, we got this. We can put this in the budget. We got this money. No big deal. If not, I would maybe, so. maybe maybe the consolation prize would be, you know, $1 hot dogs or $2 hot dogs. Maybe that's the consolation prize. I am a little hungry, so that sounds okay. <laughs> I, I, I could live with that. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, in terms of what Sully Angles is doing this weekend, pretty much uh, just going wherever the wind takes you. Yeah, going to Chucker softball tomorrow, basketball game on Sunday, high school games sprinkled in all between that. Um, yeah, we'll be we'll be all over, but it'll be fun. Those games are always it's like it's a, it's a good type of busy, you know. Yeah, there's there's championships to be had. 
Right, of course. And then, you know, Michaela, same way. She'll be doing some stuff, too. So, yeah. She'll be out there grinding, Pat. Why don't you come out shoot a couple games for us? Break yeah. out the old camera. Uh, the uh, if, the if, old Seneca special. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the last time I actually shot something. <laughs> In terms of with you the look- big camera, I would say – Back in my KU days for KUJH, I never really had to go out and shoot sports, which is weird. Um, because the one yeah. thing that I did at KUJH, I was an anchor, but I never had to go out and shoot things. I had other people do that. So it was me just basically taking the film and going, hey, we're doing this, and create a script. And that was that. I never really had to go out and try to shoot something for sports from a camera standpoint, which is odd now that I think back to my time at KU that I never had to do that. That's a little strange. Yeah. A real scotch-free. Been a boss from the start. You know, having interns when you're at an intern age, <laughs> we can all We can all appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, it sounds like you missed uh, an opportunity and you sound – upset about it so if you ever want to resurrect that just know you're always welcome to pick up the camera here and go out and shoot some basketball games for us yeah i'll i'll let you know you're you're on my speed dial thank I'll, you I'll, I'll i'll let you thank know you. i'll let you know when you when when, when I'll, I'll hop in i'll let you know uh which is gonna be right after like, hey by the way i'll do it tonight oh no whoops i didn't send it to the right number oh darn sorry no wonder why you didn't get it well that's because you're one of six people in america still using speed dial so it <laughs> makes sense it was a mistake sully thanks so much man have yourself a wonderful weekend you as well, Pat. We'll talk soon, buddy. I always appreciate it. KTV Sports Director Sully Angles here on the Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Follow their coverage all weekend long. It is a very, very busy weekend, but they are going to be on top of it as they normally are. All right, when we come back, we wrap up the show. It's Buy or Sell and What's on Tap, presented by Wooshock Wheat. That's straight ahead here on the Pulse on ESPN Wichita.